break into real estate with special guest Chris Prefontaine on today's episode of the Serve No Master Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. When we finally decided to grow our social media presence, Canva was the only option. I tried dozens of alternatives, but I had to admit that nothing else comes close. We use Canva for social images, print-on-demand designs, and tons more at Serve No Master. Grab a free account today at servenomaster.com front slash Canva. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. Everyone, welcome to an amazing episode of the Serve Master Podcast. We have an amazing guest, real estate expert, Chris Prefontaine. Thank you so much for being here. In 2008, a lot of people were jumping out of real estate, but that's when you kind of doubled down. What did you see as the big opportunity? Well, okay, a couple of things. One is I, I sort of, my life had been real estate for about whatever it was at that point, 18 years. Or so it wasn't really, do I stay in the business? Although there was doubt there. The opportunity was the market was at sort of an all-time low at that time. And in hindsight, it, it certainly was. Everybody and their brother and sister told me, what are you doing? You're crazy to go back into real estate, especially after what you went through, because I got crushed and coming out of the 08 crash. That was an opportunity. Uh, that, that was like 2012 for me, believe it or not, not eight, because it took me four years to wind out of all the crap I went through. And so the opportunity was when everybody's running the opposite direction on purpose, run in the opposite direction of them, for sure, for sure. So we're seeing a really tough time in real estate right now where house prices are just getting really high and a lot of people are going, I can't afford a house anymore. You know, houses that used to be fifty or $100,000 are millions of dollars. What do you think is happening to the market? And do you think it's going to readjust to where people will be able to afford houses again, like regular people? Yeah, so you, you use the word affordability twice, Jonathan, and that's super key. Let me let me tell you why, and I'll hit a few things here. And of course, I'm not an economist. Uh, the billionaires don't know where the market's going, so I certainly don't, but I, but I do have an opinion. So you use that word affordability. For the third time in 50 years, 50 years for the third time, the real estate market is not about supply and demand. That's not the problem right now. The problem is what you said, the word affordability. That is the issue. So here's what's scary. If the rates are what they are now, we all know they're still pretty good in, you know, looking at the last 50 years. And it's already an affordability issue. What's going to happen when the rates go up just a little bit? In the last four months, the market flushed out hundreds of thousands of buyers by raising the rates the way they did, right? There's nothing they, we can do. They they are now not able to afford a home. And so as it gets, as the rates go up even more, it's gonna get worse. Now, what does it mean for the real estate investor? It means enormous opportunity to be able to help buyers, help sellers, both of which are stuck now. And quite frankly, realtors are coming to us in droves now. Why? Because they're losing buyers and sellers. It totally changed their world. And so we have an opportunity now in the creative real estate niche sort of like we did in the 80s, to really date myself, to do creative real estate outside of banks. And the demand is enormous. There's never been a better time than now since in 31 years of real estate. Coming up in a few months is 31 years for me. This will be the biggest opportunity, the biggest window for people to create a decade of income. That's a strong statement. Like if you can get after this for the next 12 to 24 months with proper guidance, 
you can set up a decade of income. Is it easy? No. Is it simple? No. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is if you work your butt off and you align with the right niche, creative real estate is it right now, you can create a fortune. What's always interesting about real estate is that you kind of have to climb your way up, but a lot of people, they get really big and then it's one deal that takes them down. What are the red flags or the things you look for to say, this deal might have a huge upside, but the downside, there's too many risk factors. Like what are the key red flags that you look for or that people miss, especially because I think people find that dream deal and they get really emotionally invested. And that's when I get really worried when people have an emotional feeling about a deal. So what are the signs that people should look for? Go, no, it might look good, but the downside, there's too much risk. Yeah, well, first of all, what you said again, keyword emotions. Here's the best thing I can say to you visually. If you're sitting in front of a piece of paper, draw two lines parallel on a piece of paper, leave, leave a little space in between, and then draw a squiggly line and stay within those two lines. That's you keeping your emotions within the lines. The second you step out to Jonathan's point, you're gonna get bit. Now, to go back to the main crux of the question, what are the sort of parameters so you don't get crushed? Because I did it, I did the opposite come out of 08. It's real simple. It's what I learned coming out of 08, it's what I re-engineered the business to be, and it's what I've trademarked all our systems now to be, and that is do not, do not, do not sign personally with your personal signature on a bank loan. The only exception would be if you absolutely have to buy something for you and your family, and you can't find anything else, and you can keep the loan to value real low, okay. Sign personally. Other than that, you do not need to sign personally on any bank loan to buy property. We do not do that any, any longer. So number one key is, so you don't get crushed, don't sign personally. When the market goes down and you're not signed personally, you have leverage to renegotiate. Second, you, there is no need for you to put in large, large amounts of cash. On most of our deals, no cash, but on some a little bit. So there's no reason for you to do that. And frankly, in my world, there's no reason for you to go out and try to solicit money from people you know or don't know either, because I think that can be a nightmare if you do that incorrectly. If you stay away from those three things, those are the things that we changed coming out of the 2008 crash. And then the, the last one, Jonathan, this is a long answer, sorry, is we've trademarked a what we call a three payday system. Now, that means... When you have a deal, it's no longer about doing a real estate deal and getting a check. Although the, there's been some great deals to your point, but doing a deal and getting a check is more like a job. It's more like a treadmill. I didn't get that at first. I redesigned it and trademarked the three paydays so that I get money now up front. Great. I get money monthly. Awesome. I can pay my bills and I get money long term, like the wealth building aspect of real estate. All three profit centers, again, what we call the three paydays is critical for you surviving all the markets. And last but not least is long terms. In other words, if you're gonna do seller financing with an owner or lease purchase with an owner and you structure five or 10 year terms, you won't be concerned about what the market's doing in between because you have five or 10 year terms. That's critical. We bought our building on a 20 year term, our office building. Um, I don't care what the market does in the meantime. We've got a great building and we have time for it to pay itself down and all kinds of other things we structure. So sorry for the super long answer, but that was a very good question. So you brought up a couple of things that I think are really, really interesting. The first is that I want to ask about is how long is a real estate cycle? Is it five years or 10 years? It seems to me like every about 10 years, we have something that happens to the market. Like in the late eighties, it was junk bonds. Then in the nineties, we had a downturn. Then in, we had a 2008, then we had the pandemic surprise. Sounds, to me, it's like every eight to 12 years, something happens. So if you have a term, that's longer than that, that gives you wider than the length of the cycle. Because I know a lot of people that are trying to say, they're trying to guess when the market's at its peak or at its trough. And I think that's the hardest thing to guess. Same with stocks. So how long of a yeah. term should they be that they know they're going to be there for the length of a full cycle? 
Yeah, to your point for us, not only is it is it tough, it's it's kind of foolish. It's not a stock market. You're not going to time anything. So if you're sitting on the sidelines now waiting for a crash, quote unquote, or you're in the wrong spot. Let me explain why. Yes, I think you're right. About that time frame, a decade or so, Jonathan, something happens. There's some lag in between. So for example, 08 to 12 was sort of a lag in my world. And then 12 to now, we're talking 10 years. Oh, so that that goes right to what you said with some lags in between. Let me tell you something that's even more applicable to every single listener, though. Don't be concerned about the market. Do get real good at how to pivot in structured deals in any market. So when we came out of the crash, I had one goal in mind, one goal. Structure a niche within the creative financing world, which is what we did, that'll thrive in all markets. So when the market was steaming hot, we did deals. It was harder to find sellers, but we did plenty of deals. Now that the market's turning, we are just gonna, it's gonna be like f- fishing in a bucket because people need us more than ever. And so the whole moral of the story there is get really good at structuring, understand that there's one constant in real estate and that's change. It's going to keep changing. So why not get really good at navigating in and out of these markets, not waiting for peaks and valleys? You're going to be waiting forever and you're not going to time it right because the billionaires can't do it. Get good at operating inside of a changing real estate market because it's never going to stop doing that. If someone wants to start getting into real estate, I notice every time there's a bunch of downsizing in a company near where I live or there's a downturn, a lot of people lose their jobs because the market shrinks, suddenly there's a ton of new people that are real estate agents. It seems like people find that as an easy career to jump into. Of course, it only lasts less than two years for most of them. But what's the right way to learn a market? Because I've heard from some people who talk about real estate, like never invest outside your region because you don't know. There's different rules. Like you go to Arizona and you start grabbing all these two-bedroom houses before you realize that no one wants a two-bedroom house because of air conditioning issues. That's why they're all one-story houses in that environment. And if you don't know that, suddenly you get caught in a surprise. Or other people I know are like, oh, I always go far away. I've never seen any of my properties. What's your approach to regionality? What's the best way to learn about the real estate in your area? Is it about a specific type of real estate nationally, or is it more regional that you can really kind of develop relationships? Okay, so I'll answer that. It's a good question. I'll answer it from our standpoint and how we operate, but then I'll give you a broad answer for all the listeners, no matter what they do. So my answer is simple. The way we operate, and we have people from uh, all over North America, and some outside the country, and I tell them the same thing. Within 50 miles of where you live, I promise you there are enough creative real estate deals where you will be busy for a long time. Meaning, unless your goals are you know multiple seven figures, you might have to reach outside that area and expand your radius. But if your goals are six and maybe approaching seven figures inside this creative real estate space, you will be quite content within a 50 mile radius. Now that's because I know our niche. Now, the broader answer is this, because I'm not so naive to think that everyone's going to navigate to our niche. I get that there's other options in real estate. There's a lot of cool niches out there. I have them all on my podcast. I, I bring in different niches, not just ours. So the broader answer is this. If you're looking to do real estate, part-time, full-time, doesn't matter. Most people come to us with a job and they have they, they only can be part-time at first. Uh, do three things. Simple. One, pick a niche that you can get behind. Like in our world, our community tends to like helping people. It's a very positive environment. We're helping buyers and sellers. They tend to like that. So we attract that type of person. Okay, so if that's the niche, great. Second, this is key. Pick someone in the niche who will teach you the answer to the question that Jonathan just asked and 
Make sure that person that you're looking to, a coach, a mentor, someone you can lean on, make sure that they have gone through at least one market cycle or you're going to get yourself in trouble because they don't know how to help you navigate. And on top of one market cycle, make sure that morally and ethically you can attach to them. So I say that because there are some people that have built some fortunes in real estate and screwed up their family life or lost a spouse. That's no good. So make sure, in my opinion, that you can align with that person or coach or mentor or group in that way too. And they've done what you want to do. And and lastly, they're still doing it. Like they're active in the trenches. Because if you're not active in the trenches in real estate, you're already outdated. And third step out of the three is once you do that, put the blinders on for three years. There are too many shiny objects in real estate that you can get distracted with. They're all great. But each one is a business in and of itself. And to come back to the question to close this out, each one of them, whoever you're learning from, will teach you the question Jonathan asked. If it's me, I'm going to tell you to stay right where you are. If it's a gentleman who teaches a lot of multifamily, he's going to teach you how to go outside your market and time certain markets relative to large multifamilies, if that's what you like doing, raising money and doing that. They're each going to have a different answer to that question. So um, again, long answer, Jonathan, but very good, good question. So for someone who's thinking about building an online business or building a business with passive or long-term revenue streams, what are some secondary skills that it's really good for them to already have? Is it better for introverts or extroverts? Should it be someone who's really good at spreadsheets? Does that help or does that not matter? So what are like the kind of skills that people already have before they thought about real estate that can be good assets to going into this type of industry? I think this is really cool. I don't think anyone has asked me this. Okay, so the general answer again is, Real estate, no matter how much we can automate for you, because we've got some really cool automation that we do, and we just show you what we do, and you duplicate it. But eventually, it's a people business. So have we had some introverts come in and be open to being coached and learn how to get good at this one skill set? There's actors that are introverts, for example, that are amazing once they get into that mode of a script, right? So I'm not saying introverts can't do this. All I'm saying is it's a people business. You're solving real estate challenges. You're not convincing. You're not selling. You're looking to either solve a challenge or help someone accomplish a goal that they otherwise couldn't accomplish. So number one, it's a people business. As far as other skill sets, quite frankly, if you're, I just want to know that you're coachable and hungry. That's what I want to know. When I came out of the OA crash, I was hungry was an understatement. So I seeked mentors. I said, just tell me what to do and I'll follow it. And I put the blinders on. So if you have some skill sets around entrepreneurship, believe it or not, that would be more key than just a micro skill set because we teach what's called the genius method, Jonathan. It's three pillars. And the reason I'm going to share this is relative to your question. I wish it was as easy as, hey, I can show you how to do a deal. You can go on YouTube and watch about 150 deals that we expose, like the good, the bad, the ugly. We show everything. So if it was just skill set, in theory, you could go do that and go do deals. But the two of the pillars are skill set, to your point, and systems. All three things have to happen. And if you're coachable, we can teach you that. It's not easy, but it's simple. And so that's, a, again, a real broad answer. But the net is wider as long as you're coachable. You can come in through that net and learn what we do. In my industry, like the pure build an online business industry, there are certain signs that someone's like not on the right path. And the most common causes of failure are shiny object syndrome. Like they keep buying different courses that are totally disparate. Yeah. One week they're trying to learn Pinterest. The next week they're trying to learn TikTok. The next week they're building a blog. The next week they're launching a podcast and they just keep jumping the next really exciting thing. And the second thing that throws people off is they're kind of treated like a hobby. Like they don't take it seriously. Like they don't track how much they spend on courses. I once went over to a friend's house and he had a second bedroom 
full of DVDs that he'd ordered online, all of them were unopened. And I said, how much did this cost? He had $60,000 of information that he hadn't actually absorbed because they were still wrapped in the shrink wrap. And so I saw that, I said, whoa, that's what happens when you, everything's exciting. And the third thing you mentioned, lack of teachability. So sometimes I'll, someone will ask me a question and I'll give a really specific answer. I'm, like, eh, I'm gonna do what I wanna do anyways. And so those yeah. are the three things that I notice in my area of building a business that are signs or like the things that trip people up. What are the most common things that trip people up when they're starting out in real estate or cause a distraction or cause them to make a mistake that means they don't last or don't go the distance to hit to that success point to overcome the dip? Yeah, this is good. This is a, a big nugget. Easier for me to say this than it is for people to do it, including myself. One is, and these aren't in priority order, but what came to mind when you were talking is, one is mismanaged expectations because unfortunately you have some really great marketers in the real estate space that if you watch their commercials or their marketing material, you will think that tomorrow you can become wealthy. And it's not the case. It takes time. We have people that do a deal in 30 days. We have people take do it to take 365 days. Why is that? To go back to the question, aside from mismanaged expectations, once they're past that, it's the mental game. Now, this is probably going to surprise the listeners because you come to us in theory, if you if you were coming to look at our Wicked Smart community, you come with, with a certain skill set, certain baggage, certain mindset. I didn't form it. You came to me with that. So sometimes we have to peel back some of those layers and then get you to the point of the other items, skill set, systems, real estate. But there's some, there might be some self-doubt. There might be some, like when I went through the crash, I thought, oh, I must have did it. I must not be good in real estate. No, it had nothing to do with me, but it took me four years to figure that out. So the mental game is bigger than you think. That's why we have courses around those three pillars. So mismanage expectations in the mental game and you being patient with what you come to the table with. So for example, if you've never done a real estate deal in your life and you've never earned more than, I'll pick a number, $50,000 in your life at a J-O-B, for you to come into our community and say, oh, I saw so-and-so, I want to make a million dollars my first year and I want to do my first deal in 30 days. That's just not realistic because you've got to grow mentally to be the person that can do that. And sometimes that takes time. I recorded a program, Jonathan, with uh, Dr. Joe Vitale from The Secret. The guy's written like 75 books. He and I get together and we record a program called The 31 Day Billionaire. It's not to say you're going to be a billionaire in 31 days. What it's saying is listen to this short five to 18 minute video every day for 31 days and it'll help grow your mental capacity. That was not an easy thing to pull off and to get him, and to, but we did it because of the importance of this question you asked and that mental piece. So I don't know if that makes sense to you, but those are, those are key things and they have nothing to do with real estate. You brought up something that really resonates with me. It, people have this, they think they're one deal away. People come to me sometimes and say, Jonathan, I'm just about to finish my first book. I'm going to publish on Amazon. I'll be a millionaire next week. And I said, whoa, I wish that were true, but you have to sell a lot of books, even at $10 a book to hit a million dollars. But people, sometimes they have same thing for real estate. They think I'm what my first deal will be the life changing deal. And I think that's a really good point is that we have this expectation that the first deal will be massive. And then their first deal, they make $10,000, most money they've ever made in their lives. But because they thought it'd be bigger, they're actually down. I've seen that sometimes people have a massive success, but it wasn't as big as they were hoping. And so they actually get down on themselves. So I think that's a really good point that we have to approach because Again, it's all marketing. Push a button, become a millionaire. Push a button, build the business. Push button business, install yeah. business, one-click business, right? And that's what the marketing field always has because that's what people respond to, unfortunately. But 
yeah, we come with these huge expectations of a massive result. And the truth is, I've been doing this for 12 years. I still work seven days a week. Like it's still a business, but sometimes people think, oh, I want something where I don't have to work hard. I think they mix up those two things with you can be in control of your destiny and you can make a lot of money with you don't work hard. Like I don't know anyone in real estate who doesn't work hard, whether you're running Airbnbs or whether you're investing, like you're constantly maintaining a business. It's not the four hour work week myth. Even he doesn't work four hours a week. So I think that is right. a big point where people hit an expectation problem. They think I can make a lot of money with a little work. And so when it's actually even medium work, they go 10 hours a week. I don't have that. I hear that pushback all the time. I can't invest 10 hours a week in a business. So how can someone approach that or fix that mindset? Like, where does that come from? And how can we better guide people who meet us and say, no, you do have to understand you're doing what you love, but you're still working. Like the whole thing, love what you do, never work it in your life. Obviously that's not true because I still consider my work work, but how can people get in between those two mindsets? If I don't have to do any work or I have to work a hundred hours a week, because there's something in between where the success happens. A couple things come to mind. And again, no particular order. One is I think if I were speaking with a person today, first and foremost, I just did this with one of my students. I want to know what the heck their why is. You look in a join our community, what does it look like for you in two to five years and why? And they'll go, why? Well, I want to make this much. Yeah, but why? Well, because this will happen. Okay, but why? And I just try to drill down as deep as I can to, to the point where sometimes it's emotional for them. Then we, start, we can start unpeeling what they're really about. And then we can make sure they're committed to running at this thing long enough to build a business to a point where then I can show you how to subcontract and layer and scale your business, but it doesn't happen tomorrow. You, I got to get you in the right spot first. Again, I got to get you from J-O-B to entrepreneur, and that's not always easy. The other thing that comes to mind is, this, this is a shorter answer, is there are people that have done what you want to do. There are people who have gone through what you went through and worse. Example, I always like to give you examples. A gentleman that speaks at our, a lot of our events, and he's actually speaking at our event coming up here soon, is David Nurse. David's a high performance coach for NBA players coming out of college and some not even going to college, making 10, 15, $20 million contracts to start. He coaches them one-on-one. -on -one. Now you'd think he has some secret sauce, right? And he does. He's an amazing guy. He's got, he, he again, he, he's in our community now. But what he said to me on a podcast on my show was amazing. He said, Chris, if you come in and you're going to coach me one-on-one, -on -one, I tear apart what your problem is, what your block is, if you had a divorced parents or whatever it might be. And then we go online and we find someone that did that. Despite their challenges, they accomplished what you want to accomplish. And then we model the coaching after that person. That's not brain science. That takes you, the listener, finding someone. It's out there on YouTube. It's out there online. It's out there somewhere. Finding someone who already accomplished what you want to accomplish given some of your blockages, given some of your baggages, given where you are right now. My son had a head injury and was in a coma for a month. Well, there are people we met that had it way worse than that. And so you can find people to help you through, regardless of how bad you think it is, that can help you through that and get you out of that stuck or out of that mental state that Jonathan said is, you know, you're in between. I, I don't want to work 100, but I think I can do it. There's people that have done that and just seek them out and put the blinders on, like I said earlier, for three years. You'll have a great experience. That The hard part is the execution of what we're talking about here. I think you've brought up some really good points on this call, and I do appreciate your time. I know your time is so precious. And 
It does remind me that I always tell people when you're looking for a coach or mentor, make sure they have a life you want. As you mentioned earlier, sometimes you will follow someone who their marriage is falling apart, their kids don't speak to them anymore, and they have massive parts of their life that are flaws. And I say to people who follow me, make sure you want my life. I live in a foreign country. I live on a beach. I live a remote lifestyle. If that appeals to you, then I'm the right person for you. But if you want to send your kids to college, pay off a mortgage, live in your house and stay in your village, I might not be the right person because... My lifestyle is part of it. You know, a big part of my life is that I have four kids. They're probably, you heard them in the background because they're always making noise when I'm recording, but that's part of the package. I think sometimes we follow people without first checking to see if they have a life we want. And that's so important. I remember someone, I'd only been married for about two years. They asked me for marriage advice. I said, well, how long have you married? They said six years. I said, how can you ask me for advice? You married three times longer than me. Ask someone who's been there before. I can give great advice on how to be married for one year. Now, of course, I've been married a little bit longer, but that's a really, really great lesson is to look for a mentor who has been through what you've been through, has overcome your big problem, and who their destination is the destination you want to get to. Sometimes we admire these people, and some of the richest people in the world have the most horrible family lives. Their kids change their names, never speak to them. Their ex-wives hate them and despise them, and there's all this loneliness. I don't think you have to be lonely and wealthy. Hopefully not. But sometimes we admire people who have massive parts of their lives that we don't want. So exactly. I love what you've been sharing. That's been very, very helpful and amazing. I appreciate your time. Where's the best place where people can find out more about you and can learn more about getting into your form of real estate and finding the right mentorship for them? Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate that. I set up a link specific for your tribe and we'll get books out to them physically. If they're out of the country, it'd be electronic. And that is wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash no master. Uh, that's one area you can go if you want to get, and I mean, there's no shipping or anything. We'll send it to your cost. It's not one of those. It's free, but put in shipping. Uh, secondly, there's a free, I'm big on free because I want you to dip your toe in and see if this is something you want to do. Go to smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash masters class. That's me going over the types of deals we do to thrive in any market. 10,000 foot view, of course, for about an hour. Uh, and it's free. So I invite you to go do that. Take advantage of it. Have a ball. If you're in the United States, you're welcome to come to our event. And I'll even give, this is going to be, my team's not going to be happy here. I just thought of this. But anyone that wants to make it to the event, I'll give you 90% off the ticket. And just use smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash podcast 20. That means that the event's 20 bucks. We're live again this year, Jonathan, and I'd love to see people in person. That's amazing. Thank you so much for giving us your time. I'll make sure to put those notes right on the video, right in the podcast show notes, and right in our blog post. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. This was really informative for me. Love it. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you for listening to the Serve Master Podcast. We give away amazing business bestsellers every single month. Head over to servemaster.com forward slash free books to see what we're giving away this month. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Serve No Master Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next week with more tips and tactics on how to escape the rat race. Please take a moment to leave a review at servenomaster.com forward slash iTunes. It helps the show grow and more listeners means more content for you. Thanks again and we'll see you next week.